So it's Sunday afternoon. Been to church, had breakfast. I'm sitting here with my left foot up on my uh, piano stool, piano bench, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's just a little folding um, seat, actually. And the reason I've got my foot up is because last, uh, I don't know exactly what day it was, a few days ago, less than a week ago, I woke up with Lenny, almost, almost 20 pounds of him, uh, sprawled across my left ankle. And when I got him off of me, I found that my ankle was really sore. And then later on, I noticed it was swollen. And I, I swear, I don't know what he's done to me. I hope he didn't give me a blood clot. My mom used to have to deal with a bunch of blood clots in her legs when she was living. Um, but Lenny, he's like a gargoyle. He likes to drape his front paws across something and sit there. So he went like when I'm sitting here and trying to type something uh, at, at my laptop, he comes and tries to lie across my wrists, you know, which is not conducive to, uh, to good typing. If you know what I mean? I don't know what's up with him. I know he doesn't mean to hurt me, but I swear he hurt me. These children, you know, children always hurt their parents. It just seems that way. Um, but Lenny, he's been all over me ever since Laverne passed on. Uh, I don't know if it's because of that or if it's because, you know, I don't know if he, you know, if he thinks it feels like I need him on me or he feels like he can be on me more because Laverne is not or he's just cold because the weather is turning cooler, you know, and I have not used the heat in the house yet. Well, except for in the bathroom when I'm about to take a shower. Well, speaking of Laverne, the other morning at, at 6 a.m., I was out in the garage doing some stuff. You know, I get up early. I was getting up about 5.30, but I've slept in this weekend. I, got, I didn't get up till 7, both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but, you know, at 6 a.m. it's still dark out. And uh, I, when I got ready to come in from the garage, you know, I, I always shut the door when I go out there. I don't let the cats come out in the garage. It's not really a garage anymore. It's more of a uh, storage room, utility room, laundry room, workshop type deal. Um but I, I don't let them get out there because they stuff is piled up and they get under it. I'm afraid they'll they'll knock something down, uh, you know, something will fall on them and crush them or something like that. So I keep them in the main part of the house. So when I got ready to come in, uh, I undid my little uh, hook and eye latch that I put on the door when I go out there and switch the lights off so it was it was totally dark pretty much in the garage and then I opened the door to go into the kitchen 
Well, as I did that, I always kind of look down as I'm going in, make sure no cats are slipping out. Well, sure enough, there was a um, dark shadow, cat shape, that uh, darted past my feet as I was starting to step into the, into the kitchen. So, you know, I did like that and, and, and pulled the door back together and, and, and put the hook back in the eye, switched the lights back on, and went to look for whoever it was. Figured it was Squiggy. Squiggy's sitting here with me right now, staring at me, <laughs> purring a little bit. Uh, because, you know, she does that occasionally. She likes to try to escape. And Laverne liked to try to escape. And Laverne would escape from time to time, get out there and get under the big uh, door chest thing that I brought up that used to be my dad's in his bedroom down at the old house. And because there's some space under there and it's, you know, something she can get in. You know, she always liked to get in small spaces. Um, she would go, if, if I, if she got into the bathroom, which I tried to keep them out of the bathroom because there's stuff in there I don't want them messing with, <laughs> notably the toilet paper, cause she used to get in there and, uh, and unroll the toilet paper because I put my toilet paper in, you know, with, uh, it lapping over the top rather than coming, uh, than pulling out from the bottom. So she could put her paws on there and paddle, 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 paddle and unroll a whole roll of toilet paper if she got in there. And <laughs> another thing I didn't want her doing was she uh, she would uh, take her paw and, and, and pull open the, um, the door to the vanity get up in the vanity and there was these little drawers to the right of the of the big door uh, that were just barely big enough to hold a cat and she would climb up in one of those and then you couldn't open that drawer because you would hurt her you know it would it would uh, it would mash the top of her head and her back and so on so you'd have to try to get her out but you couldn't get her out the only way you could get her out was to bribe her out with um, treats you know, and it would, I say treats in, in the plural because uh, it would take a few to get her going. You'd have to give her one in the, in the drawer to get her interested. And then you'd have to start putting them down on the, on the floor where she'd have to uh, actually get out of the drawer to get them. When I say floor, I mean the bottom part of the vanity. So you could eventually get her out that way. Another place she used to like to get was in the uh, in the drawer with the uh, tea towels, or and and uh, dishcloths and so on. And uh, <laughs> she would pull that drawer open. You know, she was a talented girl. And uh, and get and get in there on top of the towels, and that was comfy for her. And she would just sit there, and occasionally, one of the other cats, I suppose, I don't know how she would have done it, but one of the other cats would come and pull, the, push the drawer shut, you know, and she she'd be in the drawer, closed up in there, and you could search for her and search for her, and if you didn't think about looking in there, you never would find her. 
because they don't, they don't, uh, when you're hollering for them, they don't answer. I know they're just snickering, you know, in the, in their heads, they're just snickering at you for, for not knowing where, where they are. Now Squiggy's getting up. There she goes. Lenny's sitting over here. He was, I had to run him off of this stupid uh, piano bench so I could put my leg up, you know, and he's mad about that. So anyway, that, I, I thought it was Squiggy out there, and I looked and looked and looked and looked, never could find her. And I thought, well, I'll go in, and maybe, you know, she'll come out in a little bit, and I can come out and find her. Well, when I went in, there she was. She was she was in there, and then I looked for the other two, um, Lenny and, and Bean, and, and they were both in here, too, and, and Shirley, the other three, I should say, and they were all in here, too, in in the main part of the house. So... Who slipped out to the garage? Well, I'm pretty sure it was Laverne. And, you know, this has happened before. It happened when Bob passed. I would catch little glimpses of him around, you know, for a while. It didn't, you know, didn't go on forever, just for a little while. And then I guess he moved on. You know, that's what they talk about on these shows like the dead files and so on that uh, where they uh, investigate the hauntings and whatnot and the poltergeist activity and stuff like that they talk about the the spirits moving on at some point you know and leaving the haunted place behind so that's that's what Bob did eventually and I suppose maybe, uh, Laverne, I don't know if she's moved on yet or not, or this could, the fact that she went out there may be a sign that she wants to move on, you know, she wants to go to a different location, and if she does want outside, you know, then she may already be gone. I may not have seen her in, in the broad daylight as I was leaving, slipping out past my feet, but I don't suppose there's anything to worry about since she's no longer physical. You know, nothing physical should be able to harm her. I mean, she's not going to get her her little soul is not going to get smashed on the road or anything. Uh, it was always what I was paranoid about. I wouldn't wouldn't let them out. I used to have cats that went outdoors and then came back in, but you know, I just couldn't deal with that. So I don't know if she's moved on, if she's in the process of moving on, or if she's just trying to let me know that, hey, you know, I have survived in some form, you know, and that makes me feel a little better, you know, the fact that she's just not totally gone. And that could be the impetus for you know, a lot of uh, religious beliefs and so on. I, I talked to my uh, cousin, Vicki, that lives in Cincinnati, about this, and, and uh, she said that she had had similar experiences. Um, 
she had one one of her cats uh, at one point after she passed. Uh, she would feel it jump up on the bed with her, you know, and uh, rub against her, things like that. I told her, you know, I hadn't really had any experiences like that. All of my experiences with uh, pets that have passed on have been visual, you know, fleeting glimpses. But uh, I did tell her that um, I had a physical experience with my mother's spirit, I believe, uh, after she passed. And I was staying at the old house with uh, my son that had been living with her before she got sick and had to go to the hospital and then the nursing home and so on. Uh, I was staying there with him, and he was a heavy drinker, and I was letting him drink. And Mom never did want him to drink in her house. She was very disapproving of drinking in, in general, and especially of, you know, drinking to excess. Um, you know, she was a Baptist. That is one of their no-nos is uh, is uh, drinking. It used to be drinking and dancing, but I think they've kind of loosened up on the dancing thing. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so I was letting him drink, you know, and and, uh, and she she didn't like that. And I was lying in her bed, actually. It was in her bed, uh, in her bedroom. I was going to sleep, and, and my son was still up, probably still drinking. And uh, uh, I was lying there and about about to go to sleep and then all of a sudden I felt something grab my foot and shake it just like somebody you know was trying to send me a message get my attention you know grab my foot and shook it from side to side and it freaked me out you know I jumped up switched the lights on of course there wasn't anybody in there with me anybody that I could see anyway uh, so I got up and talked to him. It was a couple hours before I could go back to bed again because that was kind of a very strange experience. But I did, and I went back to bed in that same bed, in that same room, and went to sleep. And that was the only time that, um, that I had a, you know, physical touching um, experience with her. Now, she had some experiences. Uh, her experience, like mine, seemed to be visual. She, For instance, when she was in the hospital, about ready to die, um, she told me that she saw Ray, her, her older brother, out in the hallway. She said, he was waiting on me. And, uh, you know, of course, at that time, I was not ready to accept anything like that. And I, 
I don't know. I didn't really poo-poo it, but it, I didn't really act like I believed it either, you know. But uh, you hear people talk about things like that happening. For instance, Vicki told me that when her mother, uh, my aunt, um, passed away, that uh, she was in a hospice. She was in hospice. Um, and Vicki wasn't expecting anything to happen that particular night. You know, she had checked on her, and they said she was about the same. And, and then she went on to bed and went to sleep, and she was awakened during the night by her mother's voice calling her name, calling Vicki, you know. And um, in a little while, she got the phone call that she had passed on. <clears throat> well, I think I've, I've mentioned before, like on the exit ramp, and maybe on one of these, I, I don't remember. When you get old, you don't remember what you've told people, so you tend to repeat yourself. Sorry if I uh, <laughs> annoy people by repeating myself, but, you know, when... When uh, mom passed away and I got the idea that she was going to pass away and called my sister, got her uh, up there with us, and we were on either side of the bed and each one of us had a hand, you know, we were, I had, each had a, one of her hands clasped in our two hands. And uh, when she went, it was like the whole room was being drawn upward and I, I, it was like somebody had a hold of my uh, shirt like around my sternum or something and was pulling up and it was like made my back arch backward you know and I felt my feet almost being lifted off the floor and then you know and then she was gone um so, you know, I got to believe that some of this stuff is not just imaginary. Now, I believe, I believe in science, but that, you know, that belief is the belief in a process, and the process may not be entirely complete, if you know what I mean. Well... I guess that's about all I've got to say on that topic. On to more prosaic topics. <laughs> uh, I made Uber Pro Platinum yesterday. I reached the Platinum level. I'm a Platinum Pro. I, uh, I finally got to my 500 points and uh, most trips are one point. Some of them, the ones that take place during uh, hours that they're particularly trying to get somebody to make trips in, can be worth three points. Like the nighttime, you know, picking up people at the bar time, so on. And I don't do that. I'm not going to do that. It's bad enough picking up people at, Ke at the Keeneland Racetrack 
you know, after they've been out there betting on the horses and drinking, uh, had some <laughs> interesting uh, conversations with people like that, and, and uh, they kind of make me nervous. Um, but anyway, the, I, I'm, I'm trying to avoid those, but it's kind of hard to do if you want to keep your acceptance rate up, which your acceptance rate is, you know, the, the percentage of your, your trip requests that you actually accept. And in order to make the, uh, the higher levels, you have to get a, uh, a minimum of 85% acceptance. Uh, and you have to have a maximum of 4% uh, cancellation. You know, like if you went out there and, and, and you see that these people are shit-faced and you don't want to haul them around and risk them throwing up in the back of your car, uh, you can cancel. You can cancel that trip. Well, I have a 0% cancellation rate. And I, the reason I ha it's 0%, I don't know if it's 0% is because of rounding or if it's because, you know, that one that I actually did cancel very early on um, has rolled off the board. I, I know I've said this before. I, I probably said that in the previous episode. Sorry for repeating myself. But my acceptance rate is 92%. And my, um, uh, my rating people of the people who rated my performance is 4.97 out of a possible five stars. So I, I've, I've got, you know, some percentage points to spare. I've, I've made the platinum level. Probably going to stay there through the end of the month, which uh, ends a quarter. I uh, don't really have a chance of getting to the diamond level, which as far as I know is the highest level, uh, because that takes a thousand points to get there. But, you know, it's, uh, it's not just a job, it's an adventure. <laughs> it's not just a job, it's an adventure. Um... It's kind of like taking a penny drive, uh, what we used to call a penny drive, which would be just go out driving somewhere, and uh, when you come to a place where you have to go either left or right, you flip a coin, you know, to determine which way you're going to go, and no telling where you're going to end up. Like the other day, uh, well, yesterday, yesterday was Saturday, and um, there was a Kentucky football game going to be happening in the evening and you know uh, the, the Keeneland fall meet is going on and I figured I'd be spending most of my day in uh, Lexington a as a result but I started out driving in the morning and uh, headed toward Frankfurt I thought well maybe I'll get a look out and get a, somebody going to Lexington well, I got a request and had to make a U-turn, go down south to Lawrenceburg and pick somebody up there. And then I, then they weren't going to Lexington either. They were going to Shelbyville. They were going west to the uh, Enterprise uh, rental car place over there because 
they were without a car, which is why they were using Uber. <laughs> they were using Uber to get to where they could rent a car. And then after that, um, I went from Shelbyville to uh, Simpsonville. And there were, there were some New York City girls, a couple of them down here, uh, going to the outlet mall. So I took them over there. I have a big outlet mall over at Simpsonville. And then once I got to Simpsonville, I got another request to go take somebody back to Shelbyville. And they were going from the Hampton Inn out to some little winery that uh, uh, <laughs> they made kind of a comment. It was it was just, a, it was really kind of getting out in the country. I think they were thinking, uh, you know, this is deliverance country out here or something. But got them there and uh, drove them up this little gravel road. And, uh, and sure enough, there was a winery and it was open. So let them out there. And then... There I am in Shelbyville and still hadn't made it to Lexington. So I got an, another request and it's it's for a longer trip and it was headed east. So I thought, well, I'm finally going to Lexington. So I went to pick this person up and my gosh, it was uh, the, the GPS was all screwed up. It took me up this little bitty street um, and it told me to keep going, but the street ended. And so I had to turn around, get back out, find an alternate route up. And it was up to a little uh, a trailer park up on top of a hill. And it, it had like a, I was picking this person up on, I believe, A Street or B Street or something like that, which is how they tend to uh, name the lanes between the trailers. But I got this guy and, and he was uh, headed not to Lexington, but to Georgetown, I think, as I said. And uh, <laughs> when I had gotten off, I, I, the, the exit that I got off coming back from Simpsonville to Shelbyville, everybody was exiting uh, there. They weren't going on toward Lexington on the interstate, on I-64. So I said... Well, we're going to Georgetown, but I'm not sure about what's going on the on the interstate. We might ought to go US 60. So I said, well, whatever you want to do, as long as we get there, you know, in one piece, I'm okay with it. And uh, so I, he said, uh, I'm kind of hungry. Can we stop and get something to eat? And I said, well, you can add a stop in your, uh, in your um, trip request. So he tried, he said, well, won't, won't let me change it. And I said, well, we're right here by McDonald's. If you want to get something at the drive-through, you can. Uh, we can uh, just do it unofficially. So that's what I, that's what we did. He said, "You want something? I'll buy you something." I said, "No, I've got I've got my lunch in my cooler here because I uh, um, I've been putting on weight because I'm eating all this fast food when I'm out on the road." So. I made myself a turkey sandwich this morning. I've got a bag of chips to go with it. Got a zero sugar ginger ale in here. So I'll just have my lunch too while you're having yours. So we set out for Georgetown. And, you know, again, all the traffic was being routed off the interstate and onto US 60. 
east. And we headed out that way, and it was fine for a while. It was fine for a while. Everybody was moving on. And then, you know, a few miles down the road comes to a crawl, a crawling stop. Not a dead stop, but a crawling stop, you know, where you'll get to go a few feet every couple minutes or something. Um, so I started another app up, another another GPS app. I started up Waze along with my Uber driver app. And the Uber driver app was what had recommended going 60. Evidently, they knew something was up on 64. But uh, Waze recommended getting off of 60 and taking little back roads to where you could get on 64. So I, I took I took uh, I took their recommendation. Took off north initially and then it kind of curved around and came back across 60 uh, which you know we could have kept going on 60 and then turned right instead of going back across it I don't know which would have been faster but then we we I, I asked the guy there was there was flag flagman at the at that intersection and I said what's the best way to uh, to get to Georgetown and he said, use your phone. And I said, I'm running two apps trying to find a way. So anyway, he wasn't very helpful. I went on. And and, uh, and then Waze is telling us to, rather, it had changed its uh, recommendation and was saying to go on to this other little back road past I-64. And when we got down to the entrance ramp for I-64, I saw why, because it, it was closed. They had a, uh, a a truck pulled across, so you couldn't uh, couldn't go in there. And some of those barrels sitting across too. And uh, so we went on, got on this other little back road, and, and it was all it was all creepy crawly too, you know, just like it had been on sixty. And we went curled around and around, and got on another little back road, and. <sighs> And and, uh, and we finally got to the point one of the Frankfurt exits, and uh, tried to get back on I sixty four there, and it was still it was still closed. So I had to go down and cut across, uh, actually close to where I live, and and get over to US one twenty seven and head back north uh, to the second Frankfurt exit, and. Sure enough, it was open, and it was clear sailing from then on. Well, we'd uh, long since had our lunches by this time. He, it, it, this was one of those comfort trips uh, that's kind of new on Uber, where you get to request, you know, what uh, what kind of environment you want, whether you want it warm or cold, and he liked it cold. I mean, this guy, he wanted he wanted the, the air conditioner turned up, and he had his window open for a while, too, until he finished his uh, 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 mango pineapple smoothie, I believe it was, from McDonald's. Um, <laughs> and that kind of cooled him off enough that he finally rolled his window up. And I, had, I could quit worrying about uh, 
my papers blowing out of the window because I keep a little log, you know, as I'm going along of the names of these people that I'm, I'm, I'm picking up. And so that I can match them to the, uh, to the, uh, the summary that's in the Uber driver app at the end of the day, you know, and put it in my uh, Excel spreadsheet uh, where I'm keeping track of, of how I'm doing. And, um, what was I saying? Oh, well, he eventually rolled his window up. And we got uh, we got to Georgetown, fine. And he handed me, uh, um, I, I had told him on the way, I said, I feel bad because, you know, it's taking so long to get there. I hate that you're, it, it's running up a big bill for you and so on. He said, no, worry, don't worry about it. And we got there. Um you know, he handed me an $11 cash tip. I said, you don't have to do that. He said, no, man, we've been through a lot together today. Here, take it. So I said, well, thank you. And and I took it. Uh, most tips happen in the app. The cash tips, you know, they're handy. You can use them for the, uh, when they pass the plate at church. Well, they don't use a plate. They use kind of a bag with wooden handles on it where I go. Uh, you can you can uh, put a two or three dollars in whatever uh, if if you got some cash uh, or you know if you if you go into a store just to use the restroom um, you can buy yourself a couple of bags of peanuts or something on the way out and not have to use your stupid debit card for a dollar and nine cents so that's what the that's what the two bags of uh, salted planters peanuts cost. They, sixty nine, they're sixty nine cents each, or two for a dollar nine. So I always get two, and then I keep them in my car, in case I'm you know driving, making trips when it's time for lunch, and I'm I've already got stuff queued up, and I can't take time to get lunch. I can just break out a bag of peanuts and. That'll hold me for a while. Well, anyways, got to Georgetown. Got to. I had a couple more. Finally, did the next one was a was a, somebody going to Lexington to the stadium. They were actually working at the stadium, and they had been through this whole um, traffic thing, and they didn't know what had been going on. I figured it had to have been an accident that took place between the two Frankfurt exits, but I never did here because, you know, our local radio station, the Frankfurt radio station, used to be a good station and then some big conglomerate bought them out and, you know, had this programmed music stuff that uh, that they play all the time and they don't have any local news or anything like that or any uh, public affairs type programming, you know, the call-in shows or anything where people could call in like during a weather event, you know, and, and, and talk about road conditions, and things like that. It'd be nice to have something like that again. But we don't. I guess that's about it. I'm, I'm over my half hour, so I suppose I will sign off for now. This is... Uh, um, Dave in Kentucky 
aka the Ubermensch, aka the Platinum Pro, signing off.